0: Some World War II veterans meet up to reminisce and hold a seance. Today I'm talking about Brooklyn 45. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about Brooklyn 45, which is a recent Shutter streaming exclusive that Sharon and I checked out not too long ago, and thought this one is interesting for reasons I'll get into. So without further ado, let's get started. One of my favorite things about modern movie making is how smaller and independent features seem to slam together a variety of modern and old school visual styles. For instance, you can can usually spot a 2000s horror movie or a 90s action thriller from the kinds of shots, effects, or camera filters being used. But now? Anyone's guess. And you might end up with something like Brooklyn 45, a movie that invokes post-war movies with modern horror effects. The film is set on night on December 27th, 1945, where a group of World War II veterans and their friends are meeting for drinks with their friend Hawk, who's still reeling from his wife's recent suicide. But the meeting takes a turns from joyous to somber and then to creepy when Hawk insists on holding a seance and communing with his deceased wife and her wishes. So, there's a lot that I like about this movie, even though I'm unsure whether or not the movie has a strong central idea. So, to highlight the cool stuff and get into why part of this movie didn't work for me, let's just divvy things up into sections. So, cool thing number one, solid older cast. Something about this movie that stands out right away is that all of the main cast are middle-aged people. Not only is that cool for a genre, horror, that tends to ignore older folks or use them as the harbinger of doom or a source of knowledge, But it also adds credibility that they were all in higher-up positions during the war and made impactful decisions that they're still dealing with. And it also aids the movie's retro style in both dialogue and visuals that aims to recreate the feel of old black-and-white Hollywood noirs in color. Cool thing number two is there's a fun blend of styles. The baseline for Brooklyn 45 is something akin to a Philip Marlowe mystery like The Maltese Falcon, where everybody speaks in code to their secrets within an era, or at least movie-appropriate dialogue styles. As a recreation, it's very fun, and I imagine fun to write and perform, but it works even better when the movie slides into more aspects of horror. For instance, almost every violent incident within the film is way gorier and bloodier than you'd expect, and the language goes from cordial to vicious and epithet-laden in a hurry. They're both great ways to unsettle the audience and keep them on their toes, when you kind of shift the paradigm they've expected on its head. Cool thing number two is that there's single location tension. Another thing that I didn't almost realize, because it's done so smoothly, is that almost all of the film's action takes place in a single room, Hawk's Parlor. I have an affection for this kind of limitation because it means the writer and filmmaker can kind of show off by providing a series of twists and revelations throughout the film. Brooklyn 45 does this incredibly well, both by providing the groundwork and tensions between everyone before things go off the rails, and then providing a series of small payoffs, either in a secret coming loose or someone revealing their true character and beyond. There's just one question. What is this all about? I think this movie might be torn between a movie taking place in the past, commenting on modern times, versus a movie that's commenting on the post-war period. But to do that, I've got a light spoiler ahead, so you've been warned. The majority of the group's conflict comes from Hawk, who is clearly drinking to excess and misses his dead wife, hence the seance. But there's a problem, Hawk's wife was mentally unwell and seemingly drove herself mad by diving into a belief that a neighborhood German woman was a Nazi, despite no evidence to prove her claim. Which means her ghost is an unwell spirit that doesn't have a rational basis for its rage. So how do you placate an irrationally unwell spirit? Considering the modern political climate, where a new boogeyman is created almost every day in perpetuity by online people, This rings really true, and the monologues about who's guilty and why or what drove Hawk's wife are all really effective, especially when it's paired with a lot of character's strong sense of guilt and duty. The problem is that it's standing up next to a bunch of World War II veterans who seemingly want to leave the war behind but can't. While all of them make allusions to their past, they're all trying to keep it at arm's length, at least until these supernatural circumstances force it upon them. Now we're blending the idea of PTSD, trying to appease the unappeasable, responsibility, and a bunch more ideas in a blender. Hell, the whole thing could be a metaphor for war where people are forced to become a more monstrous version of themselves to survive and why that's bad. Again, it's a bunch of loose ideas. It feels like the plot beats, which all work, were laid out, and then some of the broader ideas and themes were brought in afterwards. That's not to say the movie is bad, but it is why I was left feeling like something was missing when the credits rolled. The verdict is, it's a solid idea. Though it lacks thematic polish, Brooklyn 45 gets a soft recommendation due to a number of strong creative choices. 6 out of 10. Mm.